0: Yeah, I was in London.
1: Was it wicked, bruv?
0: Um, it wasn't bad. It's very different to not living in London. Like, there's people just everywhere. Like they literally, if there's a slither of available land, they'll be like, oh, we can put someone living there. Like we could put a house there, a yeah, flat. Or yeah. it's It's actually incredible to see how they can utilise like every single inch mm. more so than like anywhere else. But at the same time, that does lead to some incredibly... Um, funky shaped buildings that you can't really fit furniture in. So it's an interesting problem that they're creating for themselves. Yeah. Okay. And like you'll have this living space, but you won't be able to live in it.
1: And yeah, yes, that's why that's that's why IKEA was created for weird sized, odd sized furniture that doesn't quite conform. Really?
0: No, I don't. Know. Uh, okay. I was gonna no, say. I don't know. Okay.
1: But uh, as an example, like ikea kitchens are completely different sizes to anything else
0: um yes they are but isn't that the same like say when you order a washing machine if you get a european specced washing machine it actually has a different overall height i think like their their appliances and stuff are a little bit different Mm. okay i wouldn't know yeah i don't know that's that's the only thing yeah i've heard
1: so uh how would you describe the part of london you were in is it was it Nice part, medium part, rough part, like London's weird yeah. because you can just turn yeah, yeah, yeah. a street and turn into somewhere glorious yeah. or equally somewhere atrocious. yes like, um, it's a turn a turn away.
0: Nice part of town, I'd say, so Forest Hill, um, you're really close to Dulwich, mm. which is quite a posh neck of the woods, um, but then you're also really close to Peckham, mm-hmm. which is actually a f- little food haven mm. like you can get some tasty food in Peckham um,
1: but yeah, nice part of London. Did you go out and about? Uh,
0: not really. No. Like I, I'd walk to, there was like a really nice independent local um, grocery shop. So I popped in there to go just kind of see what they had, um, bought some stuff. It was expensive. But then I was like, <laughs> it's London. Yeah. Um, also independent grocery store. Like you're kind of getting what you're, what you're kind of walking in the door for. Super friendly and stuff. Mm. Um, where else did I go? popped into the, the local plant shop um nice to go get some sage um so it's a white sage and then mm-hmm. i um did a sage cleanse on my sister's house Ooh. whether or not she wanted me to it happened and i think that uh, the animals then settled
1: yeah okay cool
0: i did it predominantly just to see if the dog would settle
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good how uh did being in london uh, for a week impact your health in any way negatively or positively sleep as an example
0: uh so sleep wasn't great um just because i was now well i was there for the animals i was there to animal sit more Mm. than like house sit kind Mm -hmm, of thing mm -hmm. um but because i'm i'm not really used to being around dogs for that long it's that whole thing of like how how is this thing at night and does it bark at everything that sort of thing so i don't think i slept as deeply as maybe i would have elsewhere because it's that whole thing of like if this dog starts barking i am then the responsible adult so if someone comes and knocks on the door yeah like i'm taking the brunt of
1: yeah. whatever they're bringing so
0: yeah i think i was kind of aware of that and then not sleeping as deeply as maybe i i wanted or needed to yeah yep. um the only movement that happened was walking because like my sister doesn't have a gym in her house kind mm-hmm. of thing and stuff like that and i actually took it as a week of just chilling yeah nothing fair enough yeah. so it was, it was actually quite nice
1: I, I believe in in new surroundings so like hotel room or you know you the first couple of nights in a in a new bed mm. in a new environment mm. like your brain does try and switch to half sleeping only mm. a bit like that mm. like you know mammals do mm. and stuff you know they they actually switch off half the brain mm. but the other half is still wide awake mm. still operating and doing stuff
0: makes sense because <clears throat> anytime i would wake up um because the dog loved to chase away the foxes Mm. um kind of makes sense territorial mm-hmm. um stuff like that every time i would wake up wake up i was awake yeah like i wasn't dozy and like what's going on i was like boom awake. okay cool i know where i am i know what i'm doing
1: yeah
0: it was interesting
1: yeah uh, okay yeah very good mm. yeah, london town
0: mm. i don't know how my sister does it long term um but each their own
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a necessity as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah. They do enjoy the lifestyle, though. They like being able to go on, like, London adventures for the day and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Because it is kind of its own little, like, mini country. Yeah. Which is, um, it's incredibly interesting. But, yeah. They've done it. They've lived there for years, so.
1: Plastic surgery, Christopher. Okay. What do you think of that?
0: Um, I am a, I've received plastic surgery in the Mm. past. Um,
1: and boy, do you look good for it? <laughs> Thank
0: you um, my plastic surgery was not um like purely cosmetic though, yeah, so my plastic surgery was to reduce scar size after a, a bicycle accident um so for that, I'm in like forever grateful mm. hmm. yeah, it's an interesting topic, yeah, I think it's incredible how like offspring changes Mm -hmm. so like the biological effect of the plastic surgery on like children so if you if someone has a baby before plastic surgery and they have a post post plastic surgery the post plastic surgery baby will like show similar like development to that so like nose jobs and stuff like that it's incredible yes Um,
1: apparently as well i was listening to an interesting podcast with a plastic surgeon of all things yeah um it's common to see a personality change as well
0: yeah why not i mean if if you're doing it because you don't like something about you all of a sudden you change that thing and then there's a chance you might like instantly fall in love with yourself and be like oh this is who i should be yes kind of thing yeah it seems dangerous
1: though it's a risky Mm. uh step to take yeah
0: because once if you take that step for the first time and it was valid and Mm. and everything you're like oh cool i love who i am yeah and then you get a little bit addicted to it and you're like
1: What next? Well, I wonder if that's what happens to the celebrities. Mm. You know, you see some of them, you're like, oh, my God. Mm. Like, you should have stopped. But perhaps they just keep getting addicted to Mm. the personality change that they feel as it happens. Yeah.
0: And that endorphin rush when they, like, reveal themselves and everything. Um,
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, It's fascinating.
0: Yeah. I really like my plastic surgeon, though. He's a really nice guy. Lives in Marlowe. Oh really? Yeah, lives on Freeth Hill. Hmm. Owns a little farm there. Wow. Yeah, not that he does any farming because he doesn't have any time, but yeah. owns a farm on Freeth Hill.
1: Ready for the apocalypse. Yeah, must be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the we're talking on the day when some of the banks kind of uh, had a bit of an issue. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah,
0: they have warned about it. Yeah. And it does kind of make sense, like if there's not enough power to go around and stuff, then obviously data centers will come down Mm -hmm. and not all data centers are designed to have like disaster recovery. So they come in levels of security and um, disaster recovery when you're purchasing a data center location. Mm -hmm. Um, Something like a level three data center is secure enough for government uh, information to be stored in it. But then they also have on-site petrol and diesel storage Mm -hmm. um, with generators. So that thing is guaranteed to be like uptime all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then those are the types of data centers that weigh you as you go in and come out to make sure that you're not sneaking anything in and out. It's really really interesting. And then they use some of them anyway, use um sticky floor pads. So every time every now and again as you walk through the building and um as you yeah, as you walk through the building, um you'll literally open a door and you have to walk across a sticky section of floor. And it's designed so that they then don't have to clean so much yeah nice and it actually works it's yeah. incredible um so data centers are incredibly clean environments i bet mm. and they're now warmer than they used to be as well oh they used to be set really really cold yeah um but for the there
1: system was for operating systems
0: more for humans oh okay. yeah humans were a bit like gar- especially it was a very male dominated industry so mm. um data centers were roughly set at about 21 degrees 20 21 degrees really um and that's in the normal um area of the data center so as soon as you get closer to the servers and, mm. and all the computer stuff, then you have what's known as a hot and a cold aisle. Yeah. Um so the hot aisle is um that's exactly where it is, All the hot air is being vented into that chamber. And then you have a cold aisle and that's where the cold air is being delivered. So they've now um they've increased the temperature of a data center to about twenty seven degrees. Um a lot less energy is used in the cooling because yeah. refrigerant the whole refrigerant cycle is yes. very energy dense. Um so you, all of a sudden, techs now get the job done a lot faster because it's a lot more uncomfortable, uncomfortable. to be. Twenty-seven degrees is—it's huh. quite warm.
1: The, but the systems don't—they
0: uh, can handle that heat, right? Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: Um, there was a, there was a lineup of words forming yeah. in my brain, but I know what you're going to say. Thanks cutting me up.
0: Um, so, <laughs> a printed circuit board or a motherboard um, delaminates at about sixty-five degrees Celsius. So, right. you're good up until about sixty degrees. Mm. Um, so that they can deal with the hot aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's hot. <laughs> it's really hot. Mm. Such you? an interesting building to be in. I imagine they get really boring after a while, but I've always found them quite interesting.
1: And this has come, what, two days after Instagram and Facebook all went down as well? Mm. Two days, three days mm. after? <laughs> yeah,
0: that was slight different. That was, um, the Facebook thing seems on the surface incredibly simple. Someone changed a setting in the data center for the DNS um, settings and, whoops. <laughs> <laughs>
1: brilliant Mm. do you reckon they still have a job yeah probably probably yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: because there's again there's human error is accounted for and stuff um it's interesting to see how many people have like signed up to telegram off the back of that right other mesh other messaging services are available yes um but i was already on telegram and then when someone in your contact book joins telegram it comes up in the feed and it's like this person has joined um and it's interesting to see how many like. New people have popped up in that feed since WhatsApp went down.
1: Yeah. And and everyone jumped to Twitter as well. Yeah. Everyone went back to Twitter. Yeah. You say back to Twitter.
0: Twitter's, I think, one of the most heavily used social media platforms in the world. Uh, oh. Like, okay. we don't really use it. I think it's hilarious to spend t- like 10 minutes on Twitter, but I don't really use it. Mm. I don't really understand it.
1: Mm. Like, I don't. I don't understand any of these things. <laughs> yeah it's just in a
0: it's a space to have a uh digital persona that you can use to yeah pretty much just rant at the world yeah cast cast your opinions
1: yeah yeah yeah. i get
0: some really useful information off twitter so it depends who you follow and stuff totally just like everything you should be consuming stuff that helps you not hinders you
1: yes as much as possible Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i yes absolutely do you do like a
0: a set period culling of the people that you follow like do you review p- accounts and stuff that you follow and you're like is this account serving me should I continue following it Ooh. like unfollow it that sort of thing no oh you're right i do <laughs> every every about 6 months I'm
1: could be a good idea
0: mm. just to make sure that the the content that i'm consuming mm. is what i want to consume yeah. not what instagram is telling me telling i should you. be consuming
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess uh, i've i've tried to uh, move more towards providing content mm. over consuming content mm. so I guess there's a there's a natural internal filter if I find myself consuming that kind of goes yeah you must must stop now mm. put down phone
0: that's good that's really good yeah yeah
1: what other uh, methods of communication because obviously a lot of people are on whatsapp mm. uh, telegram mm-hmm. and then there's you're on discord
0: discord as well yeah discord's good and signal uh, I didn't sign up I'm I probably have Signal, but I don't really use it because mm. no one else that I really talk to uses Signal. But yeah. I think I already have an account created, ready to go. Yeah. And that came off when WhatsApp were changing their um, terms and conditions around business accounts. But everyone thought that that was going to extend to personal accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so loads of people jumped ship at that point. And you were like, you didn't actually read. <laughs> yeah. You didn't read it. No. So no. for business accounts, I understand they were reserving the right to um, – I think, go back through the conversation history and and look for stuff. Yeah. Which I kind of understand that. Like, you're a business at that point. It's it's not a private conversation anymore. Um, Because even if you're emailing with a a company over a purchase or whatever, Mm -hmm. you can then request to find out that information. You can get that um, email conversation um, request for information or whatever it is, Freedom of Information Act. So they're not doing anything like illegal Mm -hmm. it's just obviously everyone was like no i don't want you looking at my business stuff it's like stop doing dodgy business then
1: (laughs) 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 nothing to hide
0: yeah Mm. um yeah i struggle i I struggle with discord a bit it's quite messy um i'm 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 not on discord okay so it's effectively just yet private chat servers that you can set up and then you can invite people to the chat servers and then you can have like sub conversations within them like the overarching chat right and people can um upload to it and and whatever yeah um it's good it is good um i think it's definitely a community type uh social media yeah where like telegram is very much point to point so like between two people yes it's private um whatsapp
1: yeah yeah i had to go old school the other day though when they when it all went down
0: were you texting people
1: i had to text people yeah old school sms yeah
0: yeah it's almost like, yeah, It's SMS seems so old school now that people don't even want to receive them. Yeah. It's like, why are you sending me a text? Why, it's you, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: why are you texting me? Yeah. Although uh, people are all into voice messages.
0: You love a voice message.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the amount of voice
0: messages I get from you are hilarious. But they do make my day, so keep sending them.
1: Keep sending them. But um, well, it's just sometimes... It's handy. There's... there's uh, what you've got to say will come out far quicker than mm. typing and also from a tonal perspective yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i completely understand it yeah yeah, yeah. Mm,
1: it's all good it's all good yeah. it's all good so uh what's new in the world of health is there anything i know what's coming back around though the the, the devil that is cholesterol yeah i saw your yeah tweet about that the yeah. other day yeah, yeah i did tweet yeah yeah <laughs> i do tweet every i do a little bit of tweeting when yeah. i remember
0: um what's coming back around it's just going to be like massive misconceptions again isn't it yep. um it's interesting how if you say, if you say to someone like you take your health seriously they automatically assume that like every single decision product you purchase like Everything must like conform to this like incredible kind of standard that you must hold because you are healthy.
1: Mm.
0: That's quite interesting to deal with, yeah. Um, and then it's almost like they disregard you because of like that one purchase, and you're like, Yeah, but at the time that was the best choice I could make with the options available to me, Yeah, yeah, yeah. In hindsight, yeah, I shouldn't have bought that. Um, and stuff, and then, yeah, yeah. It's almost like they hold you to this kind of pedestal of perfection, yep. like twenty-four-seven. It's yep. like that's not how it works. It should, it should be. You're constantly making the best decisions that you have at the time, correct? Because striving for perfection is is impossible. Yeah, like absolutely. If and I
1: and we're human, exactly. So I like a donut as much as the next guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You'll just stop at one kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, box <laughs> <laughs> cool so yeah that's going to be fun
1: yeah 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 yeah. it, it, it is really interesting um and, and yeah you're absolutely right as soon as you find out as soon as you you put someone in a position of authority over for whatever reason right and you're like that person knows mm. but you inadvertently seem to put them like on an, an, an unattainable level. Mm. So then mm. when you find out that they, I don't know, yeah, have a donut once yeah, a yeah. week, you're like, oh my God, mm. what an ass. Mm. You're like, no, he didn't put himself there. You put mm. him up there. Yeah, he did. He yeah. never said that he mm. was perfect or, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting though.
1: Mm. It's like, you know, if a client sees you uh, in, the, in the shopping, mm. you know, at, at, mm. at the shops or something, you feel bad if they see you like eyeing up cream yeah. cakes oh shit
0: yeah yeah like if, you, <laughs> if they don't find you in the first three aisles yeah. you're like oh I don't know what I'm doing here like
1: yeah. don't look at me <laughs> I, I saw Stu looking at alcohol <gasps> well he wasn't in fruit and veg no
0: yeah bastard <laughs> lying to me this L- whole time yeah.
1: lying toad I knew it <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's an interesting point thanks yeah the other um, interesting point that cropped up just the other day uh, one of my clients he's about to do a half marathon um, and so he's done He's done, you know, long-distance mm-hmm. runs before. Um, but at the event, they're going eco, they're going green. So they're not providing water stations. Okay. Like, you know, here's a cup, blah, blah, blah. What they're providing is like big buckets of containers of water that mm. you can fill up from. Mm. So you have to take your own container. That's clever. Yeah, it's clever. Which is clever, it's right? It's actually clever. So he's bought himself like a, a hydration pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know the question sort of arose that well if i'm going to run for an hour and a half Mm. do i need to hydrate across that because we're all nowadays we're told all the time Mm. well you need to hydrate you need to hydrate like if you're going for more than an hour you need Mm. to hydrate you know blah 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 Mm. and actually i it's an interesting one to answer and discuss i think Um, obviously you've got a good uh, viewpoint on this because when you go out for a long ride Mm. You can be out for some time, right? Mm. And I think people always want a black and white answer, which is always impossible. I think if you took a truly unattainable, healthy individual and said, right, go for a run for an hour and a half, Mm. they'll be able to do that without water. Mm.
0: Or is it a fact of like anyone should be able to do that without water? They've just conditioned themselves to expect the water after a certain time. Because if you know that you're going to go run for an hour and a half and there's not going to be any water provided, you would just make sure that pre-hydration is, like before you start the event, you are optimum level hydrated. And that hour and a half shouldn't even dent it. Exactly. Because you also wonder, the body's going to be under such stress during the run and the kind of absorption process of water is so slow anyway that... Any water consumed during activity, yeah. the body's just probably going to expel because it doesn't have the time to process it and absorb it. Precisely. So it's surely just like a mental kind of tick. Yeah, yeah. Of almost like, yeah, they said I had to drink every 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm drinking every 10 minutes. Yeah. But then you're actually wondering, you know, who said it? Yep. Yeah. Why did they say it? Yeah. And what are they actually trying to overcome? Yeah. Is it you were so dehydrated before you started the event, you shouldn't even be here? Yeah. Or was it truly a thing of just teaching people to listen to the body? So commonly on a bike ride, it's, you should eat every like 15 Ks, something just like a a mouthful and just chomp on something for 15 Ks. But it depends on how far the ride is. If the ride's only 15 Ks, just wait until you get home.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. And I I think what what you've done there really nicely as well, is you've raised all the little points, hmm. all the little nuances to Hmm. it. It's like, yeah. All Mm. of those things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think... I personally think the issue comes where um, people are like new to it. So a bit like your client, he's going to go run a half marathon. Maybe he's never run a half marathon before. So for him, he's like allotting time in his day to either train Mm -hmm. or to focus on it. Mm. And I imagine he probably... Let's say he wasn't that hot on uh, hydration before this. Mm. So in that time that he allots himself for the run... Hydration then becomes a focal point of that time period, almost like the training, where actually he needs to scale it back and be like, I shouldn't be training if I'm dehydrated. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. But then, yeah.
1: So, uh, and then obviously the topic of carb loading Hmm. comes up. Mm. So my first question is, in cycling events, Mm. do you carb load? Is it a common theme for people to carb load? You hear about it a lot.
0: Do you? Yeah. I used... I fell into that trap as well because mm. it's old school thinking. Um, cycling is very much, especially a lot of the trainers and coaches and stuff, they're, they're old school. They came from that generation. Yeah. Um, so they still believe in it. Yeah. But then what I've learned subsequently is it's impossible. <laughs> you can't. You can't carb a load. You can't have a store of energy bigger than your natural store just waiting to fill it back up. <laughs> it's actually impossible. Yeah. Just eat really well and hydrate and like the body will do what it does yeah but carbo loading carbo loading is impossible (laughs) you could eat really well to make sure that your glycogen stores are as full as possible but that's different to carbo loading because that energy might not come from carbs Mm -hmm. like you might fat load because it's actually a better energy source yeah but then you have to teach the body to use fat so it's so tricky (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah amazing Amazing. And I I always find it I again, I don't really know from mm. a cycling mm. perspective, but runners, mm-hmm. obviously, so they've they've done all these training runs, mm. you know, in the weeks prior, mm. um and they've done short runs, fast runs, mm. long slow runs, mm. right? And the long slow run is that's that's the key one. Mm. And you go, Oh, so you're carb loading before the event. Yeah. Did you carb load mm. before any of your training runs? Mm. And nine times out of ten they go, No. Mm. Right, so you're going to do something so randomly different Mm. before the main event. Mm. Like you've been training all those weeks leading up to the event and now you're going to do something like significantly different beforehand. How do you think that's going to work out for you? Mm. Well, I don't know. But yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, Because everyone else is doing it. Mental. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Like the final strategy, you're going to just change everything. Mm.
0: That would be like (laughs) adjusting your position the, the night before or the day of your event. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been. Your biker, yeah, yeah. Bike, bike's all good. Yeah. It's been good for like two years. Yeah. But I feel like my saddle might be able to go up a little bit, so yeah. I'm going to do that the night before. Yeah. And you're like, wow, oh, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, great analogy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Fresh same. pair of trainers on the on the race day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been I bought these six months ago. Have you worn them at all? Nope. No. No. But they're Fresh exactly the, the same model <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: as the ones that i have been training in. Yeah, so they'll be fine. Yeah. 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 But I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. I, I can think back to my sister. So she. She's done a couple of marathons. She's done a couple of half marathons. I think when she showed up to her first half marathon, Mm -hmm. loads of other people were having like energy gels and stuff on the start. So she was like, oh, maybe I need an energy gel.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) She fell into the trap. I don't think she actually had one, but she was like, oh, everyone else is doing it. It must be like Mm. what you do.
1: Yeah, it must be the done thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That social stigma of wanting to like fit in at the sports event. Don't stand out. Not allowed to, right?
1: Yeah, don't don't stand out and don't be different. Mm. Mm, Seeing that a lot socially, aren't we, at the moment?
0: Culturally, socially. Yeah. It's dangerous, though, because we're all different.
1: We are all different, yep.
0: But then I was watching a um, Paul Check video the other day on archetypes. I only Mm. got like 45 minutes into it because it's two hours long. I was going to
1: say, he doesn't really do anything short.
0: He doesn't, no. But I was like, okay, this could be really interesting. Um, He dropped some nuggets in those first um, 45 minutes, like knowledge i learned some stuff i was like damn like that is deep um i can't remember where i was going with this
1: oh well yeah
0: anyone go watch that video it's really interesting a bit like my purpose in this world might be to pick up where my parents left off Mm. i have to fulfill the thing that they were sent to fulfill that (laughs) maybe they haven't and that's my that there becomes like my purpose in the world damn you're like, dang, <laughs> like that That was kind of eye-opening. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, I kind of see it.
1: Mm.
0: I guess that's why, like, some kids, like, follow their parents into a profession kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's a, that. It, that's a real tricky one, isn't it? Because um, there is or there can quite often be a level of, um, you know, parental failure. Mm-hmm. I I wish I'd have done. Mm. So I'll try and run that out in my kid's life. Mm. You know
0: yeah living through your kids mm. yeah
1: but then that that surely then that can't be truly the child's purpose to do that like yeah interesting that it was just a tool at that point yeah. yeah so at some point as the child that becomes uh, the adult mm. you have to identify am i am i sort of working on my own purpose or mm. am i kind of carrying out someone else's purpose like,
0: mm. yeah yeah, you, yeah so i now remember what i was talking about paul check's uh-huh. video for um he was saying that some people don't develop the concept of their own soul until they're in their thirties. Okay, and I was like, okay, cool. That kind of makes sense. Um, and he, he's kind of feeding that back to. That's why so many people are going along, I mm. guess, with the masses mm-hmm. because for them, that's what they've been taught. That's how schools work. That's how yeah. That's how society is. You've got to be a good like worker. You're yeah. Turn up on time. Yeah. Like follow the else. orders. Yeah. 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 So that's the whole thing of like standing out at the moment is bad, even though, but not everyone, like even when I was at school, not everyone kind of had their big personalities and stuff. Yeah. Some people, and again, Czech saying some people don't find that until they're in like thirties. Yeah. They don't discover their personality. Yeah. And he's saying that's linked to the discovery of their soul.
1: Ooh. Interesting. Mm.
0: And then he's, he's linking that back to the whole
1: do you remember what that uh, video was called? Just for reference. On... I think
0: it's just called Archetypes. Okay, cool. Um it's one of his like really newly released ones. Um it's 2 hours long. yeah It's on his YouTube page. Go go look at it and he he talks about the conventional cycle through like childhood into warrior into like king queen mm. back into wise man and mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then all the other archetypes that sit around that. Nice. It was, yeah, it's interesting. I need to finish it.
1: Yeah, I actually stumbled across a podcast the other day. Um where uh what's the best way to describe it the the chaps were evaluating uh paul mm. as a as a therapist as mm. a practitioner trying to not necessarily trying to pick holes mm. in what he does but kind of question mm. you know and, and mm. create challenge and debate
0: and he says he like people
1: should yeah yeah he, he welcomes it, it exactly yeah you know and yeah you know i i I saw the title i thought this sounds like they're having a go at him Mm. let's listen to it Mm. like let's see what they've found and stumbled across Mm. where they don't agree and Mm -hmm. perhaps they view him as a charlatan or whatever Mm -hmm. you know it was quite interesting yeah good idea to be challenged on your beliefs and stuff yeah
0: it'd be amazing if he then like joined that podcast yeah like give him the opportunity to actually either not justify his reasons but actually be like oh cool it's it's nice that you think about it like this but have you thought about it from like my point of view and this is why i do it or i don't do it and stuff be really interesting to kind of have like part two of that conversation Mm. that'd be cool that would be cool Mm.
1: yeah yeah
0: if that ever happens who knows yeah he seems up for stuff
1: yeah i like you say he has always said you know don't believe a word i say mm. you know mm. kind of get out there and try it and mm. practice it and mm-hmm. you know challenge challenge me on it and you might not like what i do mm. and that's fine mm. too
0: but at the same time when you look at him he's just turned 60 He's looking good he looks great like you say he looks good i think he looks phenomenal for someone of, of his age mm. like yeah he's obviously put in the work and stuff but dude's 60 he doesn't look much different to what he did when he was 50 no you're like, you're obviously doing something right.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's maintaining a level of kind of muscle mass and stuff that yeah, yeah. you're like, damn.
0: And strength as well. When you see him work out, he's still working out to the same sort of level of intensity that he was. Yeah. Same weight, same, same everything. Yeah. Dude looks great.
1: Mm. Something, something, he's doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Got those genetics. <laughs>
0: a little bit, but at the same time, he's, he's living, I guess, he's living his truth. Yeah. He's, he's putting everything that he preaches into practice, and he is the byproduct of his teachings
1: yeah absolutely
0: which yeah kind yeah.
1: of and and uh, i should add he's not perfect
0: no and he says that mm. like he goes around saying that i say that like i've met him i've never met him i'd like to meet him paul if you ever hear this come on over to <laughs> united <laughs> come, kingdom yeah come over
1: and spend some time in, in the woods yeah yeah you would probably love it wouldn't <laughs> oh, you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely Or <laughs> they'd get bitten to shit down there all those yeah. mosquitoes and stuff
0: yeah, I need to get some rocks in for him so he can do, like, his rock balancing thing. <laughs> well, he seems to love it, so mm-hmm. there's obviously reasons for that and stuff. Find harmony within yourself and the universe. And yeah,
1: there's something really satisfying about balancing rocks. I've not really spent
0: much time doing it, yeah, so I need uh, to try. Yeah. It's,
1: it, even, like, just big pebbles, mm. there is something fascinating about, oh, mm. that, you know, you can get things to balance at really odd angles. Mm. You know, how did that work yeah. out? How did that happen? So, yeah. It's weirdly satisfying. Okay. I'll have to give it a go. Yeah. Just go to the beach. and or you,
0: Yeah. Most UK beaches are pebbles. Yeah. So. You'll
1: always find some rocks somewhere. You won't have to go too far before you're like, hey, rocks, mm. let's go stacking.
0: Yeah. Okay. Something to add to the, I guess, the wish list.
1: Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. How is your wish list? Uh, it's growing.
0: Yeah. It's, it's growing slowly. It's not it's not an activity that I've spent a lot of time on. Mm. Um, It's an activity I know I need to spend a lot of time on, but it's an incredibly personal one that you need to spend time with yourself to actually truly understand. Is that something you want? Or is that just mm-hmm. kind of like a societal yeah. influence on you saying this is what that's what I need to yeah, get, yeah kind yeah, of thing. The so, next iPhone or whatever, or whatever it is, or yeah. that thing of like, do I actually want to go skydiving mm. or is it like the image of a skydiver? That's so appealing. Mm-hmm. Or like, do I genuinely want to kind jump
1: of, out of a plane? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it is an activity that's happening slowly. But I kind of feel like the the end result out of it will be like a true list mm. of what I want, mm. not what hopefully society is telling me I want.
1: Mm. But we're getting there. Have you got it written down? Uh, no, right. you got a no- you, you, Of course you've got a notepad but...
0: <laughs> Yeah, a digital notepad. so
1: a... uh, I can't be digital. <sighs> you need to energize it
0: but then i'm never going to have that damn thing to hand when i've come up with the idea
1: yeah you can so then you can you can make a note digitally and then transfer it okay there's something powerful about taking pen there there is
0: there is um there really is
1: Uh, and and there's been like studies shown that if you make notes like actually writing is far more powerful than kind of typing or like
0: I completely agree with that. Yeah. Like hardly anything that I type, I remember. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to write something, I'll I'll remember that for a long time. Yeah. Um. Well, future generations going to be buggered.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have to keep them with pen and paper. Mm.
0: I am really interested in um, products. Um, so it's like a Kindle. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those um, crazy weird screens that mm-hmm. you, that's just black and white, um, but you can write on it. Yeah. I'm really interested in something like that. But at the same time, am I though? Like the electrical magnetic field generated by that device, is that worse for me than my consumption of paper to Mm -hmm. the planet? Yeah. Ooh. Going deep.
1: That's a a big one.
0: It's something to consider. It's a bit like buying an electric car. You're like, "Ah, is it actually though? Is it actually better? Or is it just the whole like, buy the shiny thing?
1: Yeah yeah i mean there's there's yeah i think
0: uh that guy martin video that you sent me was brilliant where he attempts a really really long drive in an electric car and then he logs it and he he shows you how it would be different if he was in a diesel car versus Mm -hmm. an electric car cost time everything i think a trip that should have taken him 11 hours took him 27 yeah um and cost him twice as much as a diesel car
1: brilliant because i'm sure I, i literally saw something just the other day where it was discussing you know if you've got iphones if you've got things like rechargeable batteries mm. so electric cars etc mm. there's certain minerals that are required and the planet is being fucking raped mm. for mm-hmm. this mineral mm-hmm. and it's destroying yeah habitats and all yep. sorts of stuff and you're like how is that how is that green
0: yeah because it's not sustainable it's a mineral that we're pulling from the earth we're not we're not generating we are just taking yeah um and then what do you do at the what happens when you then mix that mineral with all the other stuff like in the battery Mm -hmm. can you then pull that mineral back out Mm -hmm. at the recycling process but no one ever talks about the recycling of batteries everyone like they just talk about the creation of batteries yes and i learned something the other day again from the green world of energy yeah wind farms you know those giant um, absolutely, giant.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I
0: think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, the blade obviously has a lifespan. Yeah, a bit like any blade, helicopter blade, whatever. It's got yeah. a lifespan. Yeah, they don't do anything except bury it yeah. at the end.
1: Uh, see, now I th- must have seen like a similar kind of post, or whatever. Mm. And my, the first thing my brain said was, "Surely not! Surely there's a way to recycle these things." Nope. But then at the same time, I immediately thought of like. Airplane graveyards, mm-hmm. ship graveyards, mm-hmm. you know, just vast areas mm-hmm. full of old crap yep. that no one is recycling.
0: Yeah. So I think the um, turbine blade is a little bit worse than, say, like the aeroplane graveyard because they're just burying it. Yeah. So you're like, but where? <laughs> yeah. And then what That's happens? Mad. What happens to the ground leaching? Yep. Even though the blade is predominantly carbon well, it's fiber. Gonna, it's
1: going to break down, right? Like over time
0: yeah but it's carbon fiber Mm. so it's a man-made composite at that point Mm -hmm. where you're like is that going to be a bit like the plastic that we generated in that it might degrade Mm. or sorry it'll degrade it won't decompose Mm. so it'll just leach yes and then all the resins that they use to hold carbon fiber together are like not green or kind to humans and stuff and you're just like i don't think anyone's done the long term this is hard though because innovation has to come with a cost like we can't keep doing what we are doing so we have to change but it's almost like these companies are doing it for the short-term benefit yeah and again maybe that's a incredibly like short-term view on it because it's the whole thing of but they need to learn they Mm. need to they need to start somewhere and get better yeah so yeah we're definitely getting better but it's almost like the industry as a whole are kind of keeping this dirty little secret yeah like under wraps even though it's there for everyone to see it's the same thing with like a hybrid car yep Everyone's like, go buy an electric car. If you can't afford an electric car, go buy a hybrid car. Most hybrid cars, new hybrid cars produced today, produce more CO2 than my diesel. Mm. So how is that more green? Because the lifespan of the car has to increase massively to outweigh the CO2 made during manufacturing. And no one ever equates for the CO2 made during manufacturing. The company that I work for is one of them because they're they're investing into a... a, um, electric fleet for mm. company cars which mm. is great but i have a funny feeling that they will not own the car for long enough to offset the co2 yeah it'll be a short-term purchase yeah because it looks good yeah and to me that you're just compounding the issue
1: yeah yeah so everyone needs to go out and buy an old land rover yeah and just keep that sucker running maybe
0: not a land rover <laughs> There's a reason why they stopped producing the Defender and then like reissued it to the modern one because Mm -hmm. that engine was just not eco-friendly. So I understand that some diesel and petrol engines, yeah, with time, they are not economically friendly and they need to be swapped out. But like the engine in my car, it's Euro 5, not Euro 6. So I don't get ultra low emission zone in London. Mm -hmm. But I think it's only 10 like measurements off being Euro 6 compliant. Yeah. Again, they have to set the number somewhere. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. But when my car is more like environmentally friendly than a modern hybrid, yeah. there's a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not a solution.
0: <laughs> Not the one that they're claiming it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: I know I, I occasionally say to people about, you know, actually how green is you mm. know, the car. And, mm. and again, they look at you like you're bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God.
0: Yeah there's so many other issues that compound that as well so yes at the moment buying petrol and diesel seems pretty hard because yeah. of the slight shortage yeah what happens when there's rolling blackouts and yeah. now people can't charge their electric car because some minister turned around and he was like the the queues at the petrol stations are a clear sign that we need to come off fossil fuels and you're like okay cool but what happens if we get rolling blackouts this winter because of like the shortage and the damage to the like a supply coming off france and stuff like that yeah then what then what because neither one of those are then viable as a transport option.
1: The theme tune that I have running around in my head is Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kick out the bottom of your sh- of your uh, car and yeah, start running.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's it, it, it's not a solution. Yeah. The the one
0: that does seem like a solution is hydrogen. Hydrogen. Yeah. Only because they could install um hydrogen generating uh like machines mm. at the petrol station, mm-hmm. and they're going to be pulling the hydrogen from the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So there's no transportation of the hydrogen; it's it's produced on site. Yep. And yes, it's the there's three ways of producing hydrogen. That one just turns out that it's the least bang for buck that you can get. However, the then impact on like the global supply chain would be minimal, yeah, because again you're producing it on site. Yeah, so like that would be the way forward. And the only thing that's going to stop that from happening is electricity supply. But if you can make those as economically efficient as possible to run off like a solar panel, mm-hmm. you've got endless hydrogen. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden... The most,
1: own- most, you know, garage forecourts, mm. like the roofs on those things are mm. big. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't have solar panels on them, yeah. why not?
0: Yeah. Some people say it's a, it's not worth the investment.
1: <laughs> but again, you have to start somewhere, right? Yep. So...
0: You just need a large enough area to generate enough electricity so that you're effectively putting stuff back into the grid mm-hmm. so you no longer um, become a consumer. You yeah. are a provider. Yeah. Um, and then you get the rebate and stuff like that, and that's one way to pay it off, but not everyone has a roof large enough for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough.
1: Do you reckon you could uh, get to a point where, like, you have individual hydrogen uh, producers, so, like, you have one here, mm. and you're filling up your own hydrogen car.
0: Uh, potentially, because there's there's also talks about converting household boilers to become hydrogen boilers. Oh, really? Because the bang's so good. Wow! Um, but then some ministers like put that on the back burner or something. Obviously, the government have realised they're not going to make any money off it. So, yeah. But it's the fine line of your government is still a business. Yes. They need to make a profit. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. So. They may not have everyone's best interest to heart because, again, they're still a business. Mm-hmm. Not all businesses have to get approval from everyone to make every decision that they make. No, and in in luckily we have democracy. So apparently we do. Apparently, yeah. yeah. But at least we have the illusion of being able to pick who are yeah. making those decisions. Yes. Whether or not they're... Then... We,
1: we have the illusion that they're also making the choices for us yeah. based upon, you know, what we've told them and yes. stuff. And they're, yeah, not, yeah. they're not making a decision because they've been yeah. bribed in any way or...
0: Yeah. I mean, that never happens, right? No. No politician ever has gone to jail for bribery and no, stuff. No. Yeah. They're all clean. Never happened. Or a bit like the Pandora Papers. It's not like loads of our politicians have been linked to private equity. No. By buying property through businesses, but again,
1: there's never a conflict of interest. No, no, no. It's all above board. Yep. Totes. (laughs) Yeah. On that note,
0: (laughs) would you like a coffee? Absolutely, because this one, this is a deep podcast.